Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with our guest host, Corey. Corey, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks, Lukey. How are you doing? So Corey comes to us with a background in business, food services, wellness, and mental education. So what would you say that you're up to these days? Uh, The mental gym. All of my work is focused on the (laughs) mental gym. Just like we have gyms for our bodies, the mental gym is for your mind. We combine proactive well-being with personal leadership development and real human and team connection. So it's, uh, it's a really great and exciting way to work on yourself and show up at your best where it matters most. Sure. And I think that's why we originally got connected because you have a mental gym, I have a career gym, but obviously you didn't start uh, like that at the get-go. So I'd love to rewind and go back in time and talk a little bit about Corey as a kid. So what was Corey like growing up or some early fond childhood memories that you had? Yeah, I mean, so many. I I really enjoyed my childhood. I I would say life wasn't easy growing up, but I I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, My parents were great. They were very supportive. I uh, went through some some personal challenges and family challenges and, and so on. But what I always remember as a kid feeling like I've got all this potential and I don't know what to do with it. And I don't <laughs> know what direction to point myself in. And I don't know what I need to learn. And I don't know who I can trust to, mm. to guide me along the way. Um, but even from a young age, I remember feeling a little bit frustrated with school in that mm. school kind of helps you be fine, but not how to show up at your best, not how sure. to impact lives, not how to you know live a great life and that sort of thing. And so um, I re- always remember that. So I always thought differently. I was always challenging things and asking questions about everything. I want to know why we think and make decisions the way we do. Um, I couldn't stand it when I'd hear the answer over and over and over again that, ah, that's just the way you do it. That's the way things are always, <laughs> right. have always been done. I'm like, no, that's not good enough for me. Um, yeah. So that, that was, that was a lot of me growing up. I played a lot of hockey. I had great friends, like normal childhood, but, mm-hmm. um, that always stood out to me. Sounds good. I'd love if you shared a little bit about uh, kind of the experience growing up and in school, like were you the the studious uh, kid and uh, like straight A's? It sounds like you were probably a little bit more the troublemaker if you're always asking, why is it like that? Uh, I wasn't a troublemaker. I was actually uh, a super (laughs) clean cut, really good kid. I didn't get into any trouble. Um, uh, In fact, there was a time in my life, in my teenage years, where my friends would call me Mr. Clean because I wouldn't like... (laughs) I didn't smoke. I wouldn't drink. I didn't do drugs, like nothing. And, and, um, but yeah, I, I was a good student. I wasn't like top student. I will admit that I wasn't the hardest working student. Sure. So I kind of did just enough to get the grades that I needed, kind of like maintain like a low A average kind of thing. But I, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't one of those per- people who just wanted to like study all the time and get a hundred and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I love if you share a little bit about, uh, so you know that you have all this potential and you're kind of just skirting by, right? Like high on the high level, but uh, you, you decide to go and get a degree in in business, uh, I assume. So So what was that process, decision-making process like? Because you have all this untapped potential and you want to focus it into business or were there like I other motives yeah, in there? I didn't really know. Um, <laughs> what I knew was that I wanted to go in a direction. I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe I'd go to business school or law school or, or that sort of thing. Um, I just thought that that getting an education in business was going to open more opportunity for me. Okay. I didn't know that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, although I thought that that was probably something that, that might be in my future. Um, 
And yeah, I went to business and I was interested in psychology as well. And so I was really paying more attention to to psych um, at the time. And yeah, I think like a, like a lot of us in life, like just trying to figure yourself out and trying to figure life out and trying to figure out what direction you want to point yourself in and who you want to be in this world, like really just, just trying to explore and, and find some answers. And I love if you shared a little bit of some of the influence along the way. Was was there mom and dad that was kind of guiding you along the way, like an uncle, cousin, or, or friend, or someone that that you met, or is it really just just you trying to figure things out and, and coming up with a direction for yourself? Uh, I my dad was was a a big figure in my life growing up. Um, he always knew that potential in me, mm. and so he would challenge me to think differently. And he was very big on that. Like for example, and I love this. This is one of my favorite things. My dad was a lawyer and a very bright guy and okay. he used to come home at the dinner table every night and he would give me a situation. It could be a legal scenario or something going on in the world. And he'd just tell me like, what do you think about this? Or he'd ask mm-hmm. me, what do you think about this? And I'd have to come up with an argument or a point of view and, and kind of present my case. And he'd always do the same thing. He'd say something like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. He really put a lot of thought into that. But what about this? And he would just play devil's advocate with me mm-hmm. all the time and really stretching me to think differently. And so... My dad was, I, I think, someone who, who I felt understood me, which was mm-hmm. was really important to me. Um, I think all of us just we just kind of want to feel like we're understood and that somebody gets us. For sure. So he was he was great for that. And I remember too that my dad was wasn't he was encouraging, but not he didn't push me. Mm. So he's like, yeah, if you want to go in this direction, great. But he never really pushed me to do anything. He never. And he wasn't easily impressed, I think, because he kind of maybe expected a lot out of me. So I'd accomplish something and be like, yeah, that, that's great. Like, good for you, but not like overdo it kind of thing. And right. I actually appreciated that. You know, like, don't make too big a deal out of this. It's not that big a deal. It's just another nice step. And so um, I, I think he, I appreciate that my parents gave me the space to to learn my own thing. And they were there to guide me when I needed, but certainly weren't overbearing or, or pushy or anything like that. Um and I think that that when you give when you give people space to figure out their own stuff, they tend to figure it out a lot faster than telling them, you know, here's the answer to everything. Sure. Yeah. There's a generation of kind of spoon fed kids where they have. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard like the helicopter parents, and I've heard yeah. like the, the bulldozer parents, where they just kind of pave the way <laughs> for, for their yeah. kids, and they wonder why they 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 can't do more than they are supposed to. There are a lot of fragile people in the world because of that. Right, they don't have the resilience skills. They don't have grit. They don't have self confidence because they were they were pretty much set up to fail instead yeah. of succeed. Right, yeah. and I love that you go into the transition. So you're you're uh, doing your business degree, taking a look at uh, psychology, and then you you graduate and you end up like in food services. Like, was that a natural progression? Was there some serendipity that happened, or like a conscious decision, or what was that uh, process like? Yeah. So. Uh, it was interesting. It was a weird time in my life. Um, I was getting really frustrated with school because mm-hmm. in my very first year um, in, in the business program, I learned that a lot of the things that I wanted to learn about entrepreneuring and investment and, and things like that weren't things that I was going to learn in school. Okay. And I remember going to like the, the, I don't know, it was one of my props or maybe one of the heads of the business department. I was like, where am I going to learn this stuff? Yeah. This is what I came here to learn. And they said, well, you're really not going to learn that here. If that stuff you're going to learn in the real world, and so you'd mm-hmm. be better off having a mentor or something like that. So that was a bit discouraging to me. 
But it was also a time in my life where, um, and this is actually where mental health and well-being was really kind of front and center for me, was my mom suffered from mental illness. Mm. And, um, you know, people didn't talk about it then and there was a huge stigma about it. Now things are getting better. There's still a lot of room to grow in that area. But um, it was a tough time. My mom's situation was getting worse and worse. And and when I was in university, um, my mom took her own life. Oh, no. And it was... It was a really difficult time and it was it was heartbreaking and it was scary because I thought it was genetic maybe and that it was could be coming for me. Um, that really began my whole journey into being proactive with my mental well-being because I recognized you can you can either cross your fingers and hope everything works out, which is just a terrible strategy. Right. You can be reactive, which is what most people tend to do is wait until things get bad or too hard to deal with and then they try to deal with it reactively. Um, which again, I don't believe that's that's the best approach or you can be proactive. And that's what I started to do is just a little bit at a time, learning and integrating these essential tools, skills, habits, mindset to be mentally fit to for optimal well-being and, and also to realize my personal potential. So that was a big part of that. Um, and it was really, again, just like one small adjustment at a time, one small manageable improvement at a time. And it really creates this, this snowballing effect, this compounding effect of all these little changes that add up and add up, which is really cool. To answer your question though about uh, the restaurant business or getting into that, I just started, I got a summer job serving tables in university. Um, I enjoyed it. And then I started bartending and then I started managing a restaurant and I was really good at making money for other people. And I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I was asking myself, I I had ambition. I just, again, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I said, you know, I, I know this business now. And I like it and I'm really good at it. Why not just go into business for myself? And so sure. that's what I did and um, had my own place for for a while. And it was it was a great run. I really enjoyed it. That's but awesome. it wasn't it. It wasn't the end all for me. For sure. So so first of all, I want to acknowledge and, and condolences for your loss. And, and that Thank you. must have been a, a trying time. But uh, it sounds like that you made the most of it. Again, some people uh, will, will break down, uh, but you're able to build those small different uh, little things and turn your uh, life into something that was uh, productive and, and helpful. Um, I'd love that you shared a little bit about that, uh, like figuring it out. Okay, it seemed like a natural progression. So taking a job, bartending, and then uh, sure. deciding to own uh, uh, a, a pub, like that that's not necessarily natural. Can you walk us through a little bit about that transition and then to the other food services, uh, uh, adventures along the way, I'll call them? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, that part of it was just like, I needed to go do something and do something that was bigger. Yeah. And I didn't really know what it was. But again, that made a lot of sense to me. I didn't have much money. I didn't know how I was going to buy a, a pub or a restaurant or a bar or anything like that or build one. <laughs> um, I was fortunate, got creative in, in getting some loans and some access to, to capital and taking a lot of chances, really taking a lot of some big risks. But I, I do believe it's important to bet on yourself and believe in yourself. And when you know something's the right move or the right decision to make, even if it's scary, you got to make it. In fact, I remember at that time, uh, a good friend of mine was saying, aren't you scared about doing this? Like you're taking on a big loan. Um, if it doesn't work out, you're going to be in huge debt and pay it off for a long time. And I remember the, the this pub that I was that I was trying to buy here, it's pretty run down and needed a lot of work. It wasn't a great business or anything like that, but I thought it had a lot of potential. Right. I thought I could turn it around and clean things up. And and he was like, you know, you and you're, you're this is what you're buying. Like, what if this doesn't work out? Aren't you scared? Yeah. 
And I remember I thought about it for maybe two seconds. And then I said to him, well, yeah, of course I'm scared. Like all of that scares me. But when I think of the alternative, which is not believing in yourself, not betting on yourself, not taking your shot when you know you believe deep down this is the right thing to do, and then having the regret that what if yeah. kind of thing, I mean, that idea terrifies me. Right. So yes, this one scares me, but this one terrifies me. So it's a no brainer. I got to, I got to take my shot. Yeah. And it worked out great. It yeah. was, it was a great run, built up that business quite quickly. Um, paid off all the loans within two years and, and it was, it was fantastic. That's awesome. So things that so, sounds like things turned out. I'm wondering if you can share, uh, how did you know? Like, so, so it seems like that you had this belief in yourself, uh, did that come naturally or was it circumstantial or was there something in that moment that said, you know what, uh, I just got to bet out myself, uh, on myself. Is, is there something to that, that really gave you that, that knowing and that belief? Yeah. So I, I live by a life philosophy I call live your 10. And, and it's a big part of what we teach people in the mental gym and, and how we help people really show up at their best. And in a real nutshell, you can just think of it as on a scale from one to 10, one is you showing up at your worst and living your worst life. And 10 is you showing up at your best and living your best life. And you really do get to choose anywhere on that scale you want to be. And so it never made sense to me to choose six or seven, right? Which is really... I mean, most people live their lives right around like a five or a six. That's just like the the big meaty part of that bell curve is is that five or six. And then sure you have some people like seven, maybe some eights, but ten is is where I want it to be. Yeah. And when you when you're committed to to living your life that way in that philosophy, when you're faced with some d- decisions, you can kind of clearly see that some of those decisions or some of those options are going to have the potential to help you stay on the path to ten and create ten, and some of them won't. Hmm. And it's not, you don't look at it like some of them are 10 decisions and some of them are like seven, eight, six, five. It's not that. It's kind of like it's 10 or it's just not 10. Right. And so when you have a decision in front of you that, that it doesn't need to be the end all be all, it's more just the path. Do you stay on the path to living your 10? You see the decisions that you're, that are, that are in front of you. Um, you don't get to live your 10 by choosing six or by choosing seven or by choosing anything that's not 10. Right. You live your 10 by choosing 10. And so as much as I did have some confidence in myself in some parts of life, I, I had some good things, I think, going for me. And um, I wasn't confident in everything for sure, but there were, you know, confident in some things. And I believed in my ability to learn and grow and, and succeed where I wanted to succeed. Um, I was, I also follow a set of rules in life. And and over the years, those rules have developed and evolved and there's there's more and more to it. But even just following that rule helps you make those decisions. And so... You make the decision, even if it's scary. That's that's what you got to do. Yeah, that's amazing. And would you be able to pinpoint, or m- maybe not, like where did you get that philosophy from? Because it seems like a very beneficial one for folks to to adopt. Uh, is that something that came from parents, or is just one day walking in the woods, <laughs> you had this epiphany and realized, uh, yeah, you know what, I need to live my ten. Yeah, I remember it very clearly. It was very shortly after my mom passed away, and. I was in a pretty low place and she clearly was in a low place, the lowest place you could be in. Um, and it's funny when you're, when you're kind of living your normal life, you just take a lot of things for granted. You're just kind of in this mode, you're running on autopilot, right? You're just going through the motions in life. And, and when you're out of that mode, it gives you perspective. So it's kind of like hot doesn't mean anything without cold. Light doesn't mean anything without dark. Right. And so 
my normal life when I was kind of pulled out of it into this situation where I was in a low place and I wasn't feeling good at all and I was contemplating life and all that. That's when I first recognized this scale from one to 10. I was like, oh, I feel like I'm at a two, right? Maybe before I was at six, seven, whatever, but now I feel like I'm at a two. And that's when I, I just started thinking to myself, well, if this is the worst it can get, then what's the best it can get? If there's a worst, there has to be a best. That just makes sense to me. I'm not a physics major, but like that makes sense. <laughs> um, and and so I said, well, what does that look like? What does that mean? What is 10? And for me at the time, the uh, the only thing I could really come up with uh, was happiness and fulfillment. In fact, at the time, I didn't even think about fulfillment. I just thought of happiness and fulfillment as the same thing. But sure, um, I just said, I got, I got to be happy in life. If you're not happy in life, then what are you doing? Yeah. You can have money and, and a nice car and a great business and a great title. If you're not happy, what are you doing it for? So that became very clear to me. And I started making my decision through that. My decisions and in pretty much every decision in my life to date goes through that filter. That's amazing. So a lot of folks out there need to recognize what is happiness for them, what is fulfillment for them, mm-hmm. and that uh, you were able to recognize during that time where there is that kind of uh, yin and yang, the the opposites, the the one versus the ten. And uh, if if you had a choice, why not pick ten <laughs> versus choosing? You have one? a choice. Yeah, hey, yeah. Like again, I don't know how much sense does it make to pick six or seven or even eight. Yeah, just choose ten. And I find that that's what most folks' superpower is, is choice. Like a lot of folks mm. don't believe they have that choice, right? But uh, at, at any given day, you can choose something different. Like a lot of folks, you can, uh, I don't know, go go to the airport and head to another country, right? Yeah. And and go anywhere you want. Obviously, make sure you have your passport and blah, 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 yeah. blah. But uh, like there's so many different things. And yes, there are consequences to each pros and cons, but the mm-hmm. choice is definitely a, a superpower. Um, Absolutely. You, could, you can share a little bit about that transition. So you're you're running food services, this, this great business, you paid off all your debts and things like that. Then you go into consulting and you're probably doing well for yourself there. And then you decide to go on this this wellness path and coaching and greatness and things like that. How, how does that transition happen? Yeah. So there was a gap in between those. When I sold my business and I and it was weird, it was like, I, I didn't, I wasn't one of those people who hated going to work. I really enjoyed going to work. I had a great team, I had a, a, a great business. Um, I wasn't working like long, hard hours at that point because again, I had a great team in place. And um, But I recognized essentially that on this scale from one to 10, that I was kind of topping out a, at kind of like that seven-ish range. Mm. And I hadn't figured out yet what's the difference between seven and 10. Right. Um, and I just felt like I, I had a ceiling there and it was time to move on. So I sold my business and people were like, what are you doing? You put all this time, this effort into, into building this thing up. And and why would you do that? But it, to me, it was just it was just time to move on. And so, um, but when I did that, I didn't have a plan. It's not like I was like, I'm, I'm selling this to go then do this other thing instead. Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I ended up taking time off. I traveled. I learned how to golf, like things like that, just trying to like figure it out. Um, and it came to me really this, this kind of light bulb moment when I recognized how much I wanted to help people. And how much realizing my personal potential was so important to me and and how it is to other people as well. Um, how important great mental well-being is to that process that you can't have one without the other. Um, you know, taking a very proactive approach to it, that kind of good to great approach. Right. And that all just started coming together a little bit at a time. Um, I had always been developing this kind of system of thinking and decision making and showing up in life for my own personal benefit. Uh, and as I started to share with other people and seeing the benefit in their lives, 
Um, I started taking it more seriously. I actually had a mentor of mine who was in my ear about it a lot saying like, you don't think like other people do. You have to start sharing this with people. And I kind of brushed it off for a while, but everything changed when, uh, when my first son was born, I became a dad. And I remember in the delivery room getting smacked in the face with this feeling of, I got to try to make the world a better place for my kids to grow up in. Right. And it's, it's such a surreal feeling. Um, and I realized that I had something here that, that could help and that could change lives. And so I remember I started with high school students. I started this this work working with high potential high school students who were leaders who wanted to to show up in life the way that I wanted to show up in life and um, helping them really ascend to that that next great level in their life was really exciting. And then naturally I just get to work with educators because you're around students a lot and then you're around educators. So you work with educators and then they started working with some athletes and, and athletic teams and then uh, business people, business leaders, teams, organizations, and it just kind of all flowed. Um, and I was always looking for the the kind of the better way of sharing this with people. And then one day I was right in the middle of a CrossFit class. And I really always enjoyed that group fitness model where you're showing up for each other, you're supporting each other, you're not judging, it's just you're encouraging and it helps everybody be better and feel like you're a part of something that's bigger than yourself. And so uh, I was right in the middle of a class one day and then I just kind of stopped this light bulb by this light bulb moment that we have these gyms for our bodies. Why aren't we doing this for our minds? Uh, and that's really what started the mental gym shortly after that. That's amazing. And a, a lot to unpack in there. What I took from it is for folks that are trying to figure moments uh, or, or what they want to do, give yourself some time, right? So learn to golf learn to whatever, <laughs> okay, gain some experiences. But oftentimes when you're on called the, the hamster wheel of life, it's it's mm -hmm. hard to think outside. So maybe it's similar to that uh, previous epiphany where uh, being able to put yourself kind of outside the moment um, and not be in, in the day-to-day -day grind uh, was helpful uh, as well. So helpful. Uh, or go out there and have a kid because right? <laughs> that might smack you into a realization to help make the, the, the world a better place. So well, uh, don't have kids for that reason. Well, you know? for, for sure. Yeah, I, I only say that in, in jest, but oftentimes like having uh, someone else to, to take care of in the world does change your perspective. And I'm right. glad that you uh, adopted that as wanting to make the, the world a better place. Um, and yeah, and sometimes inspiration comes from something like uh, a CrossFit gym, just going to uh, exercise and workout and things like the mental gym, uh, come out of that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I, I want to add to that something you sure. said about just creating space to figure things out. Yeah. Um, it's so important to do that, not just to figure out big things, but like day to day, I love yeah. going for walks in nature. I do it in the middle of the workday. I consider it a part of my workday yeah. because of the mental clarity that it creates. I get these essentially these like mental downloads. I figure things out. I work through problems. I understand things on a much higher and clearer level. And then I can take that back and do better work and show up better for my clients and for my family and every and for myself. Um, we've been trained to think that it's all about hustle culture. Go, 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 grind, 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 burnout, burnout. That's what success means. I'm sorry. I, I very much disagree with that. <laughs> um, that's that's not going to help you live your 10. Yeah. Uh, we should we work hard for sure, but that's not going to help you live your 10. And and we don't we don't think about taking care of ourselves the way we need to as a as a performance advantage. We think yeah. of it as a luxury. Well, if I have time, I'll do it. Like, no, no, no. It's the opposite of that. If you want to show up and perform at your best, you've got to be taking care of yourself. You've got to prioritize your well-being. Like I meditate every single morning. I exercise. I 
prioritize my sleep. I watch what I eat. All of these things. I go for these walks in nature because it helps me perform at a higher level. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that we need to, to start understanding that more. There's, I mean, the link between well-being, rest, and performance is huge. Yeah. I love that. Uh, everything in there is is something that uh, I uh, well, I, I hopefully do myself on a regular basis. <laughs> but sometimes I, I miss here and there. But the importance of self care is something that I, I definitely want to to highlight that, that you mentioned. It's kind of that uh, airline analogy where uh, before you take care of others, put your mask on first, right? Absolutely. So take that time to to do that walk because if you're a little bit less stressed for that meeting or that that time with your your kids or your your significant other, or whatever. That just helps uh, things on a day-to-day basis. And if it means taking uh, a couple of minutes, a couple of hours for meditation, things like that, for those that don't feel they have the time, uh, well, what's the alternative that you burn out and uh, right. you get frustrated at everybody else? Um, so at that point, you you will have lots of time because you'll be laid out in bed <laughs> and, right. and can only just, just think about and then maybe meditate and take care of your health and things like that. So, so I love uh, everything that you said. Yeah. Again, I think this just comes down to the difference between do you want to show up at a five or do you want to show up at your 10? Yeah. Right. And the the ripple, you're like, we're all creating a ripple effect one way or another. We have people in our lives, in our families, people that we work with, our teams, the teams that we lead. We we have a, an impact on people. And so that impact can either be a five impact, a six impact, it can be a 10. Yeah. And you've got to choose that. And I hear people a lot of the time who are responsible for other people, team leaders, uh, CEOs, you know, VPs, all this sort of thing, and parents as well, like just people who have got a lot of things on their plate and they're trying to juggle all these things and all these responsibilities and all these people who count on them. And they say, well, I can't take time for myself right. to work on myself. And I would say to them, you cannot afford not to take time for yourself to work on yourself. For sure. Because if you want to show up at your best for them, you need to be able to give them your best. Yeah. And it's no good if you're running on like a half a tank of gas all the time. Yeah. And you're just trying to struggle through another day. Maybe not your burn. You may not be burnt out yet, but you're burning. Yeah, and you're just trying to maintain that, like tread water. It's 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 not the it's not the way we should be living. Right, definitely not not a ten. And it kind of goes back to what you said before about choice. And uh, as I kind of reflect a little bit, it sounds a little bit about what how you started, where you're just that kid that when someone said, "Well, that's just how it is." Well, is that how it is, or did you make a choice <laughs> to right. make that uh, as it is? So that sounds uh, amazing. And I love as we kind of close off the, the podcast, if you could share a little bit of your swike, the stuff I wish I knew earlier for all the younger quarries that are out there okay. and uh, any advice. So I know you shared a lot, uh, I guess, over the course of, of this discussion, but if there's any that you want to uh, overemphasize or any new ones that you want to produce, what, what's some of the swike, the stuff you wish you knew earlier? Yeah. Something that really comes to mind is I, I feel like we, we all like, um, we all have this version of ourselves that we deep down believe we could be. We probably don't talk about it with anybody else and, and we don't maybe explore it the way we need to. But if you've got this feeling like the kind of the rhythm of life isn't entirely matching up with your own rhythm yeah. and you've kind of got this like there's this like drumbeat or something like that, that that's your drumbeat, you got to listen to that yeah, and you got to follow that. And I know how much pressure there is to be like everybody else and how to choose career paths like everybody else and make the same life choices as everyone else and define success the same way that everybody else does. But I wish I could go back and tell younger Corey, I, I feel like I always knew this, mm-hmm. that you've just got to gotta listen to your gut and follow your heart and really be committed to that. I feel like I always knew this, 
but I don't know that I always had the courage to to live it or act on it, mm-hmm. which was conflicting for me, right? It's like, you know this thing and you feel this thing, but like, oh, can I really pull the trigger? Can I act on it? So I, I, I wish I knew just just believe in yourself that that voice in your head or that feeling in your gut, that drumbeat is very real mm-hmm. um, and, and pay attention to it. That's a big one. And the other thing I think I wish I knew similarly to that is nobody's responsible for your life except you. Nobody's responsible for your happiness in life or your success in life, however you want to define it. Nobody's responsible for that except you. And so it is so easy to look around and to your point, you said before about people feeling like they don't have choice. And it's so easy to say, here's why I'm not as happy as I want to be, or here are the reasons, or here are the people responsible. But no, it's it's all you. And when you can just embrace that, it's the most empowering feeling to know that you're the one who's in control of your life and you get to you get to dictate your path. Um just just own it like own your life and live your 10 i wish i knew that when i was younger too that's amazing again so much to unpack in, in those words uh what i took from it is for the first one about uh looking for that kind of voice in your head hopefully it's uh your voice and not some other weird voice <laughs> yes, yeah sorry <laughs> yeah yes exactly um, but I mean, it's, it's so tough in today's social media culture where you're expected to do this and that. Everyone should be an entrepreneur, a TikToker, uh, whatever, and, and sharing all their uh, wisdom and stuff. But if that's not you, right, really take some time. Maybe it's going back to what you said about making some space, right? Taking some time to really reflect. Maybe it's finding mentors or other people that mm. you aspire to be like and, and having conversations with them. Uh, but really uh, taking that time to explore you versus just doing it because you're supposed to or that's oh, expected yeah. of you. I think that that's definitely important. And uh, I love what you said about uh, your, uh, nobody's responsible for your life except you, right? Uh, it And then really it goes down to uh, no one can make you happy other uh, than, than yourself. So all these external validation that people are looking for, if I get that job, buy that car, whatever, then I'll be happy. It's like, well, no. You can be happy right now if you choose to. Mm-hmm. I'm a rem- reminded of a, of a story where uh, during the pandemic, we were having a like a Zoom birthday party, right? Then the kids were playing like bingo online. And one of my kids said, well, this is boring. I was like, mm-hmm. well, is it boring or are you choosing to make it boring? Because all the other kids are having fun, <laughs> right? But but you're not. And he's like, huh. So, so maybe that, that happiness is really, as we mentioned before, like a choice, right? Uh, you choice. choose happiness at any choice. moment uh, to, to have fun, to enjoy yourself or to be bored, right? And, and be right. miserable, right? That, that's your choice too, right? So again, a lot of amazing things. And uh, yeah, I would uh, l- love to kind of deep dive in, in some of those other topics, probably for another episode. Uh, sure. But uh, as we kind of close off, I'd love if you shared uh, some of the future aspirations, where it can... What can we look forward to hearing from uh, Corey in the future? Maybe any projects, that sort of thing. And then where can folks reach out and connect with you if, if they want to do so? Yeah, um, I love everything you said there, by the way. So we are, I'm very excited about the mental gym. <laughs> it's such a, again, just a, a great way to work on yourself, especially in a world where mental well-being is becoming more and more of a priority for people, for teams, for organizations, where people genuinely desire the ability to show up at their best and lead at their best and be happy and be fulfilled and have quality of life. So I'm really excited um, and connect to really connect with each other as, as, mm-hmm. as people, right? Not just as coworkers, but as people, as human beings. So I'm really excited to, to get to bring that 
to the world and be introducing that to more teams and organizations who are progressive, who are innovative, who want to lead the change and not just be champions of the status quo. Yeah. Um, that's exciting as we continue to to work more and more in that space, we get to have a bigger and bigger impact and that's so that's really exciting for us. Um, best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Corey Chadwick, just connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, our website is mentalgymlife.com. You can check that out. But yeah, connect with me on LinkedIn. Say hi. Sounds good. And we'll definitely link all of that in the show notes. And I highly encourage folks and, and businesses uh, who want to uh, take the mental wellness of their employees to, to heart. And uh, again, pr- the more progressive ones are <laughs> probably the way the ones that reach out. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more on the uh, progress of the mental gym. So uh, thanks so much, Corey, for, for sharing your uh, w- words of wisdom and, and, and nuggets of uh, awesomeness from, from your uh, journey. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back on a future episode. Yeah, thank you. I really enjoyed this. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.